This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Welcome to the party, pal. Action movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. This is the chopper. Yippee-ki-yay, mother It is time, gentlemen, for the first ever edition of Mackie and Judd with Rami Action Movie Rewind. You are next. Today's movie, Bloodsport. Break my record. Now I break you. Like I break your friend. And I can't believe apparently the three of you had never seen Bloodsport. No, I had seen it, but I saw it. I saw it when it first came out. I was very young. What, you saw it in theaters? Probably. I don't know. What year did this come out? 1988. On a $1.5 million budget. I was not shockingly. I was nine years old. <laughs> that much, so huh? much. I How probably. Much was it? 1.5 million. I probably didn't see it in theaters, no, but I remember seeing it when I was very young. Probably probably two years. I saw and heard a lot of rap music that I shouldn't have heard at the age I was because I had an older brother and Fair no enough. parental supervision. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So here's how this is going to work every single week. We're going to pick, ideally, some kind of a, an 80s or 90s, somewhat corny... Uh, we can sort of be the judge and we can, we can, it can be a democracy, but someone's going to throw out a new action movie that we have to watch and review. And listeners, we'd love for you to watch these from week to week too, so we can uh, make this community thing on Fridays on the show. But we're going to go through a quick summary of each movie, our favorite and least favorite parts of the movies, and then important questions and observations we have before getting to so an questions. eventual rating uh, at the end of our discussion. So 1989 or 88, late 80s. Jean-Claude Van Damme, $1.5 million budget. And the summary on IMDb explaining what the hell Bloodsport is says this. <laughs> U.S. soldier Frank Dukes has come to Hong Kong to be accepted into the Kumite, a highly secret and extremely violent martial arts competition. While trying to gain access into the underground world of clandestine fighters, he also has to avoid military officers who consider him to be absent without leave. After enduring a difficult training and beginning a romance with journalist Janice Kent, Frank is given the opportunity to fight. But can he survive? He'll have to go through undefeated Chong Lee, who's known for murdering opponents in the ring. In the end, Frank Dukes <laughs> oh, overcomes... Dude is just murdering people in the ring. In the end, Frank Dukes overcomes blatant cheating, assault pill to the eye, to beat Chong Lee in the final, basically blind, it's a good thing his trainer blindfolded him when he was a young what fighter. What a winky dink, huh? Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Where do you even want to start? What was your favorite part about Bloodsport? Oh, I'll start because it's one of a thousand <laughs> questions I've got. But you are next. It's without a doubt my 
favorite part, and I know that Rami can chime in here as well to help out. Yeah, man. It's the chase scene yes. when the guys from the government what the hell are was after that? him, and Jean Claude Van Damme is turning around like every little while and like looking and giggling and like doing dances yes. and yes. spinning around poles. It turned into a Fred Astaire movie all this, <laughs> yes. for like for like three minutes with his with his deep cut tank top too that shows like everything but his nipples. Yeah, basically. but wait the whole the whole movie he was wearing a variation of the same outfit which yeah. was baggy khakis, high waist baggy khakis. <laughs> Popular back then, Rami. A, I wore them. A deep neck sleeveless undershirt. Didn't wear that. And a leather jacket with puffy shoulder pads. That was that was that was the Jean Claude Van Damme uniform Arthur throughout the, the movie. 80s. It was amazing. But can anyone explain the chase scene? No, no. It's my favorite part. No, of that. Yeah. Me. the funniest part is one of the police officers or the investigators is Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> well, that's yeah. a whole nother story. I, I, he's How? lucky this Whitaker. didn't end his career. Yeah, absolutely. Rami's right. Like Forrest Whitaker is a great actor what were you doing was this his first movie um mm. he was in because he looks wicked young in this movie he was in vision quest <laughs> and a couple other movies bostonian too. wicked young <laughs> yeah he, you guys a, see he those, looks really young in that movie. did you guys see those tasers they were wielding <laughs> yes <laughs> they look like 1980 cell phones it's amazing. All right. It looked like they were out of total recall. Ronnie, Ronnie, don't make me Dude, taser you. The laptops are smaller than those tasers that they were walking around with inside their jackets. And he picked up the garbage can lid and deflected <laughs> the taser and it hit the other guards. <laughs> who then are like, oh, I'm done. And then the guards went to the fight. And we're like, this is great. I forgot about that. <laughs> the pro, oh, my pro, God. Pro I blocked that out. Captain America on it. Just ding. All right, Rami, what was your favorite part about Bloodsport? I think I think Judd just nailed it. But there were, I mean, there are plenty of scenes to pick from so i'll i'll go next i'll save the best for you mackie because i know where you're gonna go for your favorite part i don't know if you do i think i do i hope i hope you're going where i think you are because it it, it deserves addressing and i I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stick to my pick the subsequent love scene <laughs> after the chase scene that we just yes. discussed you are next where one of the bad guys in the movie goes up to the female reporter who you just referenced in in the uh, in the summary that you gave us there, Mackie, and goes, "Hey, baby, you want to be with a real big man like that?" <laughs> that was yeah. that was his pickup line, and then he wouldn't leave her alone. And then Jean Claude Van Damme walks in and presents a physical challenge for this guy, where they gamble for the woman. They get ga- they gamble for the woman. They have a bet on the line, and this woman is the prize like that's okay and Jean-Claude Van Damme wins and gets to and takes her back to his hotel room cut to the scene where she is mystified by what just happened and obviously naked in the bed and gratuitous shot of a of a of the rear end of Jean-Claude Van Damme the very well sculpted rear end of Jean-Claude Van Damme but still nothing that I wanted to see Jean-Claude Van Damme in the sharp red Tight underwear, by the way, is way more than we needed to see. So much more. Who thought we needed that? In fact, in fact, in in the picture that we've got streaming right now, you can see the female reporter by the two agents who have just yes. decided that yeah. they're now going to go watch this ruthless sport instead of try to get him the, to stop. The other thing that was so weird to me about this movie is the the relationships that were developed and the bonds that were so strong when he knew these people for three days. Yes, like the guy. I, I, lo- I love you, man. I love you too. The big guy who was ogre in Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> yep. I forgot he was in this. 
all of a sudden they're best friends. This woman is in love with him and is like scared for him to fight because she doesn't want to lose him in the ring. But she's a reporter who's and, supposed to be yeah, objective. Exactly. She can't be objective. Judge, she's so enthralled with Jean Claude Van Damme and his wit and charm. She, she's all professionality went right out the window. And the weirdest relationship in this thing is the little guy who just ducks in with information, like to fill us in on the plot and what's going on in the Kumite who all of a sudden is his second best friend in the world. Like, the guy just jumps into an empty seat. He's like, he's the champion. He's undefeated. Nobody's ever beat him. He kills people in the ring. And, like, by the next scene, Jean-Claude Van Damme loves this guy and their best friend. He's like his promoter. And the hilarious part is, like, he's filling Jean-Claude Van Damme and uh, an ogre guy in on things that they should have scouted well in advance (laughs) if they're going to go fight. (laughs) We're going to go fight in the the deadliest martial arts tournament in the world, and they're just finding out who the tough opponents are. The other thing that I completely don't get is, ordinarily, when they show these fights, the fighters take it very seriously. But there was every once in a while where... They like start celebrating prematurely and turn their back on the most dangerous man in the world. In the world, the yeah. ogre guy, the ogre guy like delivers this glancing blow, and the guy who kills people falls down, and you can tell he's going to be fine, and he's like, "Yeah, I won, I won." My only disappointment was they didn't kill him. Which one, Chong Chong? No, 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 ogre guy. Ogre guy should have died. Because eventually, like, he just gets hurt and goes to the hospital. Why didn't they kill him? Rocky, they killed him. Uh, well, you got to kill the guy. Yeah, I think it probably it, it probably takes the movie to a new level, right? So, actually, Rami, you have hit on my least favorite part of the movie, which is the journalist relationship. All right? So, I'm just, I'm, I'll get to my favorite part in a second. But, like... The fact that, that you've you got all the key least points. favorite part. This was just a big stew of bad, dude. Like I don't have, really, I don't have the least favorite part. But I mean, go ahead. Okay, so first of all, she she is sent over to Hong Kong. Like this is a huge. This is like something the New York Times would look to send an undercover reporter out. Like one of your top reporters, right? This is you know pick your most credible uh, written journalistic platforms. All right, GQ, whatever it is, we're going to send a highly compensated, credible reporter in right. to do a deep dive story on the inner workings of the most feared underground illegal fighting ring in all of the world. And within two days, she's like sleeping with the top competitor yes. and, and, is, and is emotionally attached to his well-being as opposed to writing an actual story. The best part was she's sitting in the front row at one point. And I think Chong Lee just kills like his second opponent, and she busts out this brick of a recorder yes. and starts like documenting <laughs> yes. her thoughts into it. Yes. <laughs> but my favorite part of the movie, <laughs> my favorite part of the movie, you are next. All right. So at the beginning of the movie, Frank. So Frank Duke's older brother is this star kickboxer and this champion, and he goes to fight in Hong Kong, and he's going to fight Chong Lee, and it's like he's going to dominate him, and. And it's the realization that Frank Dukes has as he's walking through the back, like, uh, warm-up area. Yep. And he hears this this loud noise, like, thud, thud, thud. And he looks into Chong Lee's training room. And Chong Lee is in there all alone, warming up for the fight, kicking with his bare leg a concrete pillar mm-hmm. that goes from the floor all the way up to the ceiling. And there's, like, chunks of ceiling coming down. And and you know the assertion is like this dude's legs are concrete and he's going to do some damage. Later on, Frank Dukes in his training chops down a tree with his bare leg. Do you guys remember that part? No, 
I blocked that out, too. Dude, he chops down <laughs> during his training portion leading up to the fight. He chops down a tree with his bare leg. I thought I watched this whole thing. I don't remember that. I don't remember Maybe that Maybe there was all. like an extended version of the you, movie. Dude, do I you think have you the saw, extended cut? I think you did. I saw an extended yes. cut of Bloodsport. I got mine on <laughs> yes. Stars. It was like yes, 135. Same. Mackie, yep. where did you watch it? I watched it on Apple TV. Apple TV. I watched I didn't, it on I Stars. Don't, I don't remember it. I watched it on Stars, down. and I did not. Yeah, I don't remember. I watched the whole thing. I swear to God. During his training portion, okay? When he's training with Tanaka, the trainer I just Googled Bloodsport tree scene, and I'm about to watch it. Okay. yeah. So he's kicking this tree, and his leg is like black and blue, and he stops because his his leg is about to break. And his trainer trainer goes, if you stop, then I stop training you. Oh, yeah, the trainer is a tough guy. He wasn't messing around. By the way, as you said that, he was saying that on my screen. It was like (laughs) you were doing a voiceover. That was amazing. That was amazing timing. Go ahead. Uh, and and so he delivers like ten more swift kicks, and then the tree crumbles over, why and then I, he crumbles over. I don't remember that was his version. last training part. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. By but way, we both the, watched it on I Apple TV. It had to be the same scene. version. Athlete challenge, by the way, if anybody wants to no. take it. Oh, that's another athlete media. challenge good, in this man. movie. It's what he's like strapped into that contraption in the montage scene. Oh, ow. that's good too. That's an absolute athlete challenge. I thought that's where you were going, Mackie. To be honest, if I if we could circle this thing back around the horn to me. Was like the opening ten or fifteen minutes of this movie, just a dumpster fire, man. Like what was going on in the first ten or fifteen minutes of that movie? Like you started to touch on it there, but the montage scene that follows after his 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 it's not his real brother, right? It's like he became right. brothers with this kid after he bro- yeah they were like childhood yeah. friends yeah after and- he broke into Sensei's house and then got caught breaking into Sensei's house. And by the way. Did anybody else catch? I sent this to Jonathan, and I sent this to Judd. I don't think I sent it to Mackie. Did you catch what that kid was wearing when they broke yes. into Sensei's house, Mackie? Yeah, a San Francisco Giants hat and a New York Giants shirt. Nobody on the set was like, hey, guys, um, different Giants. Those are different Giants. <laughs> Those are different like, sports. <laughs> nobody, nobody. You know, you know what they were saying, Rami? In 1987, it's time for a montage. <laughs> But you made, but like, I grew up back then, man. Montages were it when oh, it came man. to action films. The first 15 minutes of this movie, as Rami described, the first five minutes are a montage of all the fighters training for the tournament and like all the different styles, right? Uh, and then like the next five or ten minutes is this uncomfortably long flashback of weird, awkward Frank Dukes as a kid getting indoctrined into like this ninja group of, of fighters and trainers. Uh, so the musical part, though, where where they actually drop in a song about what the film is about, was a glorious '80s moment. Which uh, this one? The fight to survive one. I think it's happening right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty good. If stuff. you ask me what this song was written for, I would say '80s movie training montage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that probably involved Mr. T or Steven Seagal, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Somebody was super tight jeans. Here we go. Yep. Wait for the hook. No, we're not going to wait for it. You can, you, can, yeah. you can Google it on your own. Anyway. They have the entire soundtrack on right. YouTube. Jonathan, what was your favorite part of Bloodsport? Okay, so remember when he goes to the tournament itself and they're like, you can't fight here, and like he has to break the brick on the bottom? Yep. So he comes back from <laughs> I think it's the, yeah, the the night with the reporter. It's five and, bricks. Yeah, yeah, so he comes back and the, the ogre guy is like, I'm going to do this. What, bottom brick? And so he tries to smash the brick, but he smashes the top brick instead of the bottom brick. 
picks it up and goes, see, not a scratch on this bottom brick, and the guys aren't impressed. And so he grabs it and, like, smashes it in his hands or, like, on his head on his and head. just hands it to the guys and just walks off. But but the fact that, like, the initial the initial trick yeah. was to, like, in order to get into the Kumite tournament. <laughs> so, so Jean-Claude Van Damme shows up. He flees the military. Mm-hmm. He goes to Hong Kong. Okay, yeah, he leaves the shower. Has no idea who any of the <laughs> opponents are. Shower. Yeah. Fully clothed. <laughs> oh, he's gone. Yeah. And, Never he, saw and that he shows up. He shows up, and the and there's like a registration table, like there would be if you went to a you know like a rec basketball league How tournament. How did reporter find it? Like no, she no, just no. finds it arbitrarily. It's she's, underground. Because she's a good reporter, Judd. That's why. All right. Memo to self. <laughs> she did the legwork. The is downstairs in the church. But but Frank Duke shows up to this registration table, and they basically tell him, you don't look credible. Uh, you're not Japanese or whatever. And so you must perform whatever they call it. Yeah. And it's a table of bricks. And there, there's, you know, there's like just have this ready, 10 apparently. bricks aside and they're f- stacked five and he has to break the bottom brick and only the bottom brick <laughs> while not breaking any of the four bricks on top of the bottom brick. And he yeah. does it, by the way, which is amazing. I don't even know if that's possible. But um, what are some other key so questions and observations? Okay. okay? R- Rami saw the same thing. Have you ever seen an action film where in the course of the action for the film, they miss that badly when they're supposed to be hitting and or kicking a person. Yeah, you mean like at one point yes. when someone clearly has a blood packet in their mouth and yeah. gets kicked from four feet away and just chews it. I'm saying there's inches between where the contact's supposed to yeah, be you can and the person. See. You can see yeah. the space between the foot yeah. and the face. You can see it clear as day on camera. Or there's the time where they get kicked in the face and they're supposed to dive one way, but they instead dive the other way. Yeah. They go full soccer dive on it. I was just so confused. <laughs> Physics of that don't work. Uh, did you guys know? In, That's right. Late in 1988, the LA Times wrote a major feature. Yes. After this I was movie, just about to bring this up. This, this movie, was hilarious. This movie blew up in the theaters. It was $1.5 million budget, and it just blew up as, a, as this action movie success in the theaters. And the LA Times exposed Frank Dukes as a fraud. So at the end of the movie, okay? At the end of the movie, as Frank Dukes is getting on what looks to be a chartered private jet. I don't know how that the happened. jumbo jet. All right. Because he United. won the Kumite, dude. Apparently. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't know like, how that happened. Guys, where have you been? Kumite they're like, He's not, champ. They're like, Dukes isn't coming. And, and he comes off the top step. Where have you been? So at the end of the movie, though, they show his credentials on screen, right? From 1975 to 1980, yes. Frank Dukes fought... In a five-year stretch, in a five-year stretch, fought 329 matches, <laughs> retiring undefeated as the world heavyweight full-contact Kumite champion. And he set four world records, according to the end of this movie. Fastest knockout, 3.2 seconds. He knocked somebody That's out in two seconds. You break my record, I break you. You are next. Fastest punch with a knockout, 0.12 seconds. I have no idea how they calculate that. Uh, fastest kick with a knockout, 72 miles an hour, and the best, most impressive record. How do you measure record. the speed of a kick? He kicked 72 <laughs> miles an hour? I'm sure you could do it now, but in the 70s, I don't know if that's possible. Didn't you see the, the capabilities of, of the uh, statistics that they had at the Kumite? Because they put up, up, up on the oh, scoreboard. Yeah, they went up immediately. <laughs> World yeah. record. Yeah, they went up hey! immediately. Those guys were on top of it. But the most impressive record, according to the end of this movie, was that Frank Dukes set a world record for the most consecutive knockouts in a single tournament 
with 56. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's where, like, I'm sure, you know what, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody from the LA Times was watching this movie and like, oh, this is corny and ridiculous, but whatever, like, it's fine. And then, and then they probably saw those four world records and right. were like, I gotta we got to dive into this, this right? Yeah. right? This is from the story. Frank Duke's story evaporates upon inspection, according to military records. The Marine Corps said that he served from 1975 to 1981 and that there is no indication he ever left the United States. His military (laughs) medical file said in 1978 that he was referred for psychiatric evaluation for expressing, quote, flighty and disconnected ideas. Though a member of the reserves, which meant that he was on active duty only for a short time, he reportedly insisted he was working for an intelligence agency. Duke said the military ordered his record to be sabotaged to discredit him. The government did not know how much he knew about other covert operations, he said, so they placed information in his file to destroy his credibility. Who watched that film and thought, I'm watching a real-life movie? Darn it, I knew it! Who was dumb enough to believe it? Like, apparently this was a story that went around the martial arts world, if you read this article in the LA Times, that people believed. Like, he was a a walking, living legend in the martial arts community. People believe this stuff. My favorite part in that article, Becky, is that this dude clearly bought his own trophy and <laughs> then said that he was the world Kumite champion. <laughs> Screenwriter Sheldon Linnage said, even if we weren't able to verify the facts, we were taking Frank on his word. Linnage saw a trophy Ducks once displayed at his, at his school, which the article in Los, Los Angeles Valley College Magazine said he brought back from the Bahamas. When officials of a trophy shop in North Hollywood, the W.R. Moody Company were shown photos of the trophy. They said the base and ceramic plaques were made by their company. Duck said it was given to him by a former tournament official in 1980. However, the IFAA, which he says is the organization that puts on these fight trails, seems to lead only to Duck's door. The invoice for another IFAA trophy lists him as the only contact for the organization. You break my record. Now I break you like I break your friend. That would be like saying, though, man, I thought all those Seagal films were based on real-life cops. <laughs> or I thought Charles Bronson, that character, existed. Like, I got done with that, and I didn't need to be told this was based on but a true story. It was amazing. so implausible anyway. But some screenwriter only wrote this movie thinking that it was based on a true story. <laughs> Just the amazing but if you're going to base this on a true story, how how is his best friend in fighting the ogre guy, how do you have him... The best like, friend for three days, by the way. And, but everybody else is in just great shape, right? They're just all chiseled, or they're big, and, and you get this fat guy that looks like he drinks Budweiser who just shows up in the Honestly, Actually, if you if you watch the first like three Ultimate Fighting Championship pay-per-views, there were a bunch of guys who looked pretty like much that. like that. <laughs> it was like random dudes who like fight like they're cats. I, but know? I just love how it's this Another, mix of guys in great shape and then ogre. Another great part in that LA Times article is that the very end, they're like they're interviewing one of his friends to verify the facts that Frank Ducks tells in these stories. Frank Dukes tells in these stories, and they say told that he could that he could not be found in the school yearbook during any of his high school years. He said, "All right, I don't know what to say. Why is this movie so important to you anyway?" <laughs> Frank was a buddy of mine when I was in L.A. <laughs> 
the guy oh finally gosh. just gave up and he's like, look, man, I don't know. All right. Frank asked me to say these things. Okay. I don't know. Why do you care? You are next. Oh, my God. All right. So to put a wrap on this first ever episode of Mackie and Jeb with Romney's put a wrap on it? action movie rewind. Keep going. I watched this movie, man. I want to talk about it some more. Spend 90 minutes of my quarantine on this. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do a, a special live stream later just talking about this movie. But we need to come up with a rating system of some kind, like a one through five star rating. Is it five Stallones? Is it five Schwarzeneggers? Like, what is our rating system here, gentlemen, going forward for all the different episodes? Rami? That's tough, man. Should it be out of 10 Seagulls? Oh, I like uh, that. That's pretty good. I that's like not that. bad. A ten, that's that's our, solid. Our, 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 ten, our one through 10 Seagull rating system. And by yeah. the way, Seagull in you know 1987 hold, hold on. would have been my choice. Before we make this decision, because I'm convinced after watching this... <laughs> That Jean-Claude Van Damme is the worst actor in the history of acting, all right? I have to, that scene where he gets the salt thrown in his eyes and he's acting like he's all oh confused and discombobulated. He's going, Ugh! like it's, He's the worst actor in the history of... I think we might... We maybe should name it after him. Let's watch a Seagal movie because it's definitely between Seagal and Van Damme, right? Okay. It's, let's watch a Seagal movie and decide... Who is worse and who deserves to have All the right. rating system named after? Thirty them. seconds left because we have to hit a break here. Okay, one one through ten. We'll, you started this. We'll name it later. One through ten, uh, Judd. What's your rating for this movie? One through ten. Um, three. Rami, three is generous, man. I was going two. Jonathan, I'm going two. It's a six for me. Wow. It's, wow. I watch it all the time. Wow. We're, we're about, gentlemen, we're about to watch a lot hey. of bad films. Wow. All right. Just because we have to get out of here. Judd, what's the Seagull movie we're watching next? Hard to next Kill. Next week. All right. Hard to right. Kill. Next week's episode. That was for my wife. <laughs> all right. Up next, Mackie and Judd with Rami learns a new sport as part of Friday Fun Day. If you're set to spend more time at home than in your car over the next several days, you can still listen to Score North three different ways. The free Score North app on your phone or tablet. ScoreNorth.com or just by saying Alexa, open Score North.